Hello, welcome to Off The Shelf Reviews. I believe I'm doing God's work. And I'm Gary. And today we're going to review and discuss Frailty, which came out in 2001, written by Brent Hanley and directed by Bill Paxton. Ian, why don't you give us the synopsis? Well, the story follows Matthew McConaughey. Why don't you give us the synopsis? Well, the story follows Matthew McConaughey's character, Fenton, who has gone to an FBI agent played by Powers Booth to tell him he believes he knows who the gods played by Powers Booth to tell him he believes he knows who the gods hand killer is. He believes his brother is the killer, and as he starts to unfold the story about their upbringing with their father, we the audience question, are they really doing God's work? I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. Where? Down in... So this is pretty much a passion project for, for Bill Paxton. Mm. The, uh, the script floated around Hollywood, I believe, for a little while, and I think every major studio rejected it. Uh, but somehow Bill Paxton managed to get hold of it, and he was like, this is great. Like, I really like this. I want to be in this. He got so attached to the project, he was like, hell, I'm going to direct this. <laughs> you know? And uh, I don't think we've seen it, Bill Paxton direct anything since 1980. <laughs> Fish heads, fish heads, fish heads. Oh my god. What I... the fuck was that? <laughs> Bill Paxton, what the hell was that? Well, it's safe to say, like, in, in, in the 21 years since then, yeah. he's actually, you know, honed his craft. <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> Just a little bit. And uh, they, he managed to get a budget together of $11 million, and oh, the film bad. actually made its money back and a little bit more. Nice. So it was fairly successful. It mm. did go to, like, the, you know, the film festivals. But it didn't have the budget to really mass promote this film. Yeah, yeah. And when it came out, it came out next to like Resident Evil and Blade Two, and you know the, there was lots of yeah. like lots of summer blockbuster movies, lots of dumb action movies out, and frailty kind of. You know, it it didn't get the promotion and it didn't get the mass appeal yeah. at the time, and it was kind of like a ocean and it didn't get the mass appeal yeah. at the time. And it was kind of like a forgotten, you know, film. Although those that had seen it when it came out were saying how bloody amazing it is. And now, you know, 20 years later, this film is still as fantastic now as it was when it came out. Yeah. I, I've been a Bill Paxton fan for fucking years. I think I always will be. And Hell I yeah. never knew he directed a movie. Like, it just, you, you just don't pop it up. You know, when you're reading about somebody, you hit their filmography and then that's it. And I had barely heard about Frailty at all until, obviously, Gary said, look, we're doing it for the reviews. And I'm like, really? So, obviously, I hit Wikipedia and I read it through and I'm like, how? How is this completely, how have I missed this? It happens a lot. I, I don't ever expect it to change. But I was already, you know, I was just like, yeah, it's Bill Paxton. He's in it. He's directing it. I like the idea behind it. Yeah, okay, I did spoil it for myself, but who cares? But it, what really kind of does make me laugh is the character that he plays in this, the father, he would kind of bring back again two years later for Limp Biscuits Eat You Alive music video where he plays like the crazy ass dad in that as well. 
And yeah, I'd never seen that fish heads thing until Gary showed it to me, like before we turned the camera on, like, dude, you need to see this. And I watched it and you just, you realize how much of an artist Bill Paxton was. Like, like I know we did Mortuary, you know, Aliens, Terminator, True Lies. The guy would work, you know, and he would put his passion and his heart into whatever he was doing. And you remembered him for it. Oh, hell yeah. You remember him for every role he's ever been in or ever had, from, like, Weird Science to, to <laughs> Titanic. You know, even the minor roles, you like, you'll remember him. He yeah. has become one of the, like, the character actor of our generation, you know? He's one of the best, and he will, he is sorely missed. Yeah, oh, man, I was about to say, I, I, I miss him. I do. Um, and the lineup in this movie as well, like, so we've got Matthew McConaughey. He's playing Fenton Meeks, and he's at this FBI building um, waiting for Powers Booth, uh, playing FBI Wesley Doyle. Um, I'll be honest, I always see Powers Booth as evil. Yeah. I... <laughs> he just screams villain. He does. So I'm like, all right, he's FBI this time. All right, so he's FBI. He's, he's the good guy. He's the good, good guy. guy. He's a good guy, right. Um, and they sit down and they start discussing about how Fenton believes he knows who the God's Hand killer is. And we'd seen over the opening credits these paper snapshots of, of things, you know. Well, Bill Paxton always said he was, you know, like one of his hobbies or one of his pastimes. He loves watching true crime documentaries. Yeah. He loves all the forensic stuff. And so that fascinated him. And he also explained that he was his inspiration as a filmmaker was Alfred Hitchcock. Nice. You know, the classics. Yeah. And so he really wanted to build a suspense Hitchcock mystery. And so, you know, he also believed that this opening title sequence, you know, helped establish that and gets you in the mood for what's to come. Yeah, it did. Easily, it, it said to me, look, there's some shit going on um, and you're not going to see much of it. It's already happened, but you're going to be coming in halfway through the story. And so when Powers Booth, you know, he starts talking to Fenton and Fenton explains about his brother. He's called him the night before. I will admit the the... The flashbacks were a bit jarring. In what sense? Well, like this first one where, you know, he says about how his brother called him the night before. And then it just cuts to the night before. Yeah. You know, and McConaughey sat there in his home. The phone rings. He, he, it's his brother. His brother tells him there's demons all over the place. He can't do all the work himself. Um, and then he kills himself. And it cuts back to the interviewer. And, you know, them sat in the office. And I was like... Did, so, did that work? It's you the know? it's the format of this film though, where you know we're gonna spend the entire time with with Matthew McConaughey and Powers Booth, yes, talking about his brother, the serial killer, and that is the you know like the wraparound story for the entire movie, which is a flashback, yeah, yeah, to, yeah. to nineteen seventy nine, yeah, and so the whole film is in flashback, but we do keep cutting back to the present day, yeah, uh, and so I can understand it is jarring, but like as a you know, as a, as a storytelling method, you know, like, it, it, it immediately just becomes, like, a second language. You immediately know what the film's trying to do. Oh, I didn't totally. really find it too jarring. It wasn't the worst flashback I've seen. I, there was a better one later on when they're in the car and the camera goes with the rain on the window and transitions in. And, like, like when he says about, oh, it's 1979, there's this nice transition to take us back then. I was like, that worked. It was a... 1979, there's this nice transition to take us back then. I was like... That worked. It 
was a beautiful cut to the uh, you know the water on the on the screen being blown by the wind to the television beautiful cut to the uh, you know the water on the on the screen being blown by the wind to the television screen yes. as it pans out I was like yeah that was some was some beautiful editing and, and film work there which is why I, I highly praise Bill Paxton's like eye oh, for detail yeah yeah, just like I said, that that first one just I was just like, oh, I hope they didn't do any well, more like that, and they didn't. It's the only other thing when you have, I mean, like if if you if you study film or you know film, you've seen a lot of films, you understand like the the the, the false narrator. Like you, yes. you're not going to be able to, even though we're being shown the flashback footage, it's his narration, it's his point of view. Yeah, like he wasn't there when his brother shot himself. So that's like, it. You so your, your, your point of view. Yeah, like he wasn't there when his brother shot himself. So that's like, it. You so you're, you're, you're automatically you're in the the mindset of this FBI agent. Yeah, like you're trying to listen for the information that's been given. And this is a film that has a multi layered script, which really rewards your attention to the details or to the lines of dialogue which will come back later yeah this film has so many setups and fantastic payoffs adam is the god's hand killer agent doll he's the one you're looking for so they discuss about obviously why uh fenton is so sure that his brother is the killer and he starts to talk about his father and their upbringing and so then we go back to 1979 i gotta praise the two boys playing the younger adam uh, a younger fenton as well matt o'leary and jeremy sumter i this whole family bit like i'm an emotional wreck when it comes to family shit and it was just so beautifully set up you know these two brothers they love each other they their mother has already passed away um at childbirth so they're literally being raised by their hard-working dad played by fucking bill paxton you know they've got this great house behind this rose garden in their small town that they live in you know they sing they dance they love hanging out and you really feel the love i would have loved fucking bill paxton as my dad right honestly <laughs> you know christmases in the paxton house must have been fucking awesome it's great and you know, you watch him tucking his kids into bed yeah. you know, he kisses the youngest one yeah you know and it's just like it's really idyllic and it's really comfortable yeah but you know, yeah. you know and it's just like it's really idyllic and it's really comfortable yeah but you know it's not gonna last no and and it is one of the it is one of my favorite scenes in the film it's when bill paxton comes back in to the kids room and he's like look i need you to sit down I gotta tell you something. It's really important. This has just happened. Yeah. I've had a vision from God who's told me I need to go and kill some demons. And he just like But he's so sincere. Yeah. Oh he but he fully he believes fully believes it. it. And so like you're just like, oh, oh, like how 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 do you respond? But the the film language here is what is really helping set up and foreshadowing what's to come. Because you see Adam and, and Dad, like Again, Bill Paxton's character doesn't have a name. He's called Dad or yeah. Father. Yeah. And again, it's because of the narration. Doesn't bother naming his dad. No. So it's just Father Father Weeks. Or yeah. Meeks. Or Meeks, Meeks is yeah. the family name. Yeah. Uh, but the camera work here is really good. The way it just slowly pans back, you know, just to show, like, like the... The, the distancing of the of the family that's like it. that's the wedge now that's yeah. going to tear this family apart i mean granted it would you know you have the the the, the sequence the next day again with the narration where he's like yeah dad next day dropped us off to school like oh, last night man, never happened one of my you know? and then and he's like and dad never mentioned it and he's just like and remember kid don't talk about what we spoke about last night and oh. he's just like oh well have a good day at school boys 
And remember not to tell anyone what I told you last night. You won't, Dad, bye. Yeah, like that whole moment. Yeah. You know, he, the, the way the camera had gone back and Adam was so, so sure with his dad. Yeah, Dad, I believe you. And Fenton's like, no. And like Gary said, it's driving this wedge between father and son and brother and brother. And you're just like, you don't believe it. But there's a belief in Bill Paxton's delivery. The way that he is telling you, like, look, this happened and I have to do this. And you're thinking, he's got to be, he, he's got to be fucking mad. The next day, that beautiful drive towards school. And then the last final piece of don't tell anybody. And you see Fenton's face just like, I didn't know what to do. And he's sitting there in class and he's falling asleep because he's so tired. He's telling us through the narration that it was like a dream. He couldn't believe it. He didn't, wasn't too sure if he woke up or not. And then we also get this shot of, of dad, Bill Paxton, going out and finding the three mystical objects that God is sending him out to get. Now, at first, when you see that shot of the barn, I'm like, oh, that's going to be his kill house. You right. know, God's like, <laughs> come to the barn. But when he walks in the barn and you see that axe just in the stump with Otis written. But when... But I'm, I'm starting to believe God is wanting him to kill people. It's got like the heavenly light on it, hasn't it? It might as well have had the angels singing choir. Yeah, but that even happens later, doesn't it? I mean, yeah. he gets his axe. He gets his gloves he's not too sure about. He gets this silver pole and you're thinking, okay, he's crazy. He's fucking crazy. But then he's waiting for his list. Yeah. And Fenton explains it's like a uh, like a month. Like there, none of it is discussed for a while. But then Dad comes home and says, "Look, I got this list today while yeah. I was in work." And we're not talking. He just ha you know he just sat there and wrote it down. We're talking flaming sword angel from heaven delivered the <laughs> fucking message. Now again. Like, whether he did or didn't see this angel, it's all because we've got the narration of this brother, like, in the well, in the present day, talking about it. So yeah. it's like, do we believe him? Did, did he really see it? Us as an audience just saw what he thinks his dad saw. But either which way, he's got that list and he brings it home. Well, that's it. But it puts more, it put more belief into me that, he, you know, in fairness, yeah, okay, I'd already spoiled it, but... Bill Paxton was delivering it so well that, like we said, he believed it. He knew what he saw. He wasn't... There's no reason for Dad Meeks to go mental. He's got a good job. He's got a good family. He's got good children. There's no reason for him just to go around killing people. Well, it could have been a you know a brain aneurysm or just something biological, not psychological. True, but it's when he starts bringing the people back. Yeah. You know, they, they, we, we, we had that wonderful moment where the brothers were like, look, can we go see Meatballs again tomorrow in the cinema instead of going to school? No, I want to go see The Warriors because it's 1979. And you're just like, oh man, they're talking about films. And then we get that other part where they're sat having dinner and dad was supposed to take them to the cinema, but he never turns up. And he finally comes home with this body on his shoulder and he drags the boys out to his shed and he re he Bill Paxton's realised that the, he wears the gloves because he's not supposed to lay his hands on the people until he gets them back, and then he takes off the gloves, lays his hand on the person, and like I wasn't too sure, but they react when he touches them. <laughs> Ooh. 
Well, they they both react. They both have that sh- like like they're being electrocuted. Yes. They're being shocked. Yeah. And uh, and uh, Bill Paxton like he explained to his kids like this will reveal the demon's true form. Yeah. You'll see it, and that you'll understand that what I'm saying is true. You know, and he have he has that reaction, and he has that shock, and they back up, and you know they both look fearful of each other. Yeah. You know, and the kids look terrified, like what the hell is what's dad doing? Yeah. What's going on? And uh, and so as an audience, we don't really know what what happened there. What transfer? Did anything happen? No. The film the film does a really good job of running the line of is dad crazy? You know, is this all in his head? And we are going along because it's being narrated to us by Fenton that Fenton believed his dad to be crazy. You know, well, there was supposed to be flashes and visions here. Ah, right, yes. Which, of course, don't appear until much, much later in the film. Yes. And that was because James Cameron, of course, good friends with Bill Paxton, just went, how about you do that instead? And Bill Paxton was like, of course, (laughs) I'll make those changes. (laughs) <laughs> That's a good idea. I mean, that would have revealed too much of the twist too early. Yeah. yeah. If we'd seen the visions of what these people were doing, because the film really sets it up of these are innocent people that, well, no, the film sets it up that we're supposed to believe they're innocent people. Well, no, Bill Paxton is so sure. He's never that killed. they're demons. Yeah. He's never killed a bad person in his life. He's never killed an innocent man. And it's like when they bring back the second victim, you know, he actually even gets Fenton involved. You know, he wants his boys to be part of this. God has told him that your whole family is going to be doing this. And Adam, like, I, that's what I really loved about the, the actor playing Adam is that, you know, he's so young. He Does he just want to make his dad happy? You know, does he really see the visions? You know, he doesn't want to upset his brother. His brother's telling him, look, dad's crazy. He's killing people. We need to run away. And Adam's like, no, I don't want to leave. You 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 don't realize that dad is telling the truth and is Fenton the crazy one? But they they get the second victim back and it's an oldish man and they they have it and you have that great line from Bill Paxton after he's touched him that he pulls his hand away and he's like, Did you not think that anybody knew? God knew and I'm like, Yeah <laughs> You're so fucked, dude. Whatever you did, you're fucked. <laughs> You didn't think anyone knew about that, did you? But God saw you. Dad, don't, please! But yeah, that's where the the family dynamic, though, really starts to show. Like, killing all these people? Like, in the family house? It's just, it starts to take its toll. And Fenton really, you know, he's he's had enough about this. And he, he runs to the cops. Yeah. He runs to the cops and he brings the cop back. Oh and, man, and, and it's such a great sequence where he's just you know, where Bill Paxton's just like, what? What's wrong with my kid? What's he doing this for? Is it attention? Is he? Is it punishment? But he's got him to. But that's after he's got him to dig that hole. Yes, you know, because they realize they need a. They, that's after he's got him to dig that hole. Yes, you know, because they realize they need a they need a, a killing ground which yeah. is you know which is concealed and hidden. And and Fenton, he makes Fenton dig this hole, and and the narration from Matthew McConaughey is so great, and the acting from the kid is so good that they will not pray to God. I'm gonna dig this hole because you told me I had to, and I had no choice. I'm not gonna wear the gloves even though you asked me. He's like Fenton really hates his dad. Was because his dad's turned into a serial killer. Has he? I mean, 
But it's he. Well, I mean, when he when they finally bring the cop back and the and the cop sees the dungeon and he's just like, "What's this?" And Bill Paxton's like, "Oh, it's a it's a storm shower. I figured we needed a storm shower. I got the kid to help me. Obviously, he's really annoyed at me. He's lashing out." And they had they did have a victim in there before Fenton had run away. Yeah. And now the victim is gone, and Fenton's just like, "Oh, he's buried in the rose garden. I can take you there. I know where all the bodies are." And as the cops walking up the stairs, like the sheriff, he doesn't believe the kid but this kid is so sincere that he's just like what's going on and then we hear this whack we don't see it we hear this whack and the officer falls down the stairs and then bill paxton's there and he nails him with the axe may god welcome you and this is the thing like bill paxton is so upset by this because yeah. that was the innocent man that he's killed. Well, he wasn't on the list. No, he wasn't. So, that was the innocent man that he's killed. Well, he wasn't on the list. No, he wasn't. So, uh, wasn't a demon. He was uh, a, a man of God, I guess. But he found out, or got they got rumbled because of his son. Yeah. Um, now, it is a bit of, a, I guess, a... Uh, a, a debating point here, I guess you could say, because did he have to kill that cop? Ah, he... Because he does say, like Bill Paxton explains to us, like mm. God will protect them. Like they don't have to worry about security cameras. But you know, they, God will will make them invisible whilst they're doing God's work. But I guess, I mean, killing him was definitely not God's plan. Mm. But um, but he did say Bill Paxton had said to Fenton earlier that if they killed any innocent person, because Adam had brought a list saying, "Hey, yeah. Dad, this is my list," and and the dad looks at it and he says, "This is just people you don't like." Yeah, we can't kill people like that. That and the dad looks at it and he says, "This is just people you don't like." Yeah, we can't kill people like that. That's murder. And Fenton's like, "But what you're doing is murder." And Bill Paxton explains, "Look, if we kill innocent people, somebody will die." And so that's how I see that the involvement of the sheriff yeah. was the innocent sheriff being killed in that situation. Did he need to be killed? Yes, because if he had gone out into the Rose Garden, he would have seen all these bodies. Yeah, he would have... I, I was under the impression that he wasn't going to, that he was adamant that this kid was just, uh, you know, oh, making yeah. all this up. That cop was going home. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but can you really have a cop go home and not question all this stuff. It, yeah, like I, yeah, I don't justify what exactly. That's why it, 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 it's, but... a, it's a big point in the film that completely affects the plot, which is why it's worth like highlighting and at least discussing. I mean, because after this, Dad is so upset with Fenton, he locks him in the basement. Yeah, he locks him in the cellar, and he says to him, "You're staying in there until you get a vision from God," which still. You're sat there going, he's mad. He's taken his own son and he's locked him away in the in the basement. And you get the amazing part, locked him away in the in the basement. And you get the amazing parts of, of trying to pour the water through the hole. Yeah. I loved the the camera shot of the of Fenton's head just going into the into yeah. zooming back very simple you know? effect that's it Just really well done head. though it gives the you know it, it tells you about the isolation yes. like i mean the, the narration is great the script is great it's it's really puts you in the mindset and uh and it is devastating when you see like it's i mean to be fair i thought he'd be a bit paler when he came out <laughs> yeah. but <laughs> yeah well like he he said he got his vision from god 
But um, did he, or was he just lying to convince his dad to I, let him out? I think he did get a vision, but I don't think it was a vision from God because he, he says to him, like, I've had a vision, I'm going to work with you, and they do. And Fenton and Dad Meeks drive off. They've got this brand new killing van. <laughs> the family killing Dad Meeks. And they drive off to capture this other guy. And they they capture him. I mean, the guy almost takes Bill Paxton out. Well, I mean, he it, at first he's just like, I mean, this guy looks like he can handle himself. Mm, and he yeah. also seems like a demon, the way he treats whoever's <laughs> in the house with him. Yeah. And yeah, like uh, the kid knocks something over. Bill Paxton was about to make the move and he gets taken out by him. Yeah. But Fenton actually saves his dad here and, and knocks him out. And Bill Paxton's able to finish off the job. And they drag him back to their, their killing field. Yeah. But at this point, you know, the, the guy is tied up. Dad's passed the axe to, you know, the, the guy is tied up. Dad's passed the axe to Fenton. And he says, right, do it. And Fenton turns and kills his dad. Dad! Which... For the youngest kid, it's so fucking heartbreaking. Because, and you can hear it in the actor's voice because like, he loved his dad. He loved his family. He looked up to him. And he even believes everything that's going on. So now that his brother has killed his dad, he's so upset. And Fenton goes to let the other guy go. No! And after Adam has killed the guy on the floor, they, they take him out into the Rose Garden. Now, we'd been flashing back to Powers Booth and Matthew McConaughey, and we'd come to the realization that um, Fenton had kidnapped Adam's body um, after he'd killed himself on the flashback at the beginning. And he's driven it to the FBI building. And the uh, Powers Booth has contacted the sheriff or the sheriff's office of their hometown and they're annoyed because the ambulance has gone missing and the body's gone missing. And so he convinces Matthew McConaughey to take him out to the Rose Garden to show him where all these bodies are. And so we keep getting those little cutbacks. And that, like I said, the first one, the first flashback was a little bit jarring. But the transitions for all the other flashbacks well, were quite well done. It's interesting you should say that because the flashback at the beginning where it cuts to him in the chair drinking beer when his brother calls him mm. was a cut. Mm. Most of the other transitions are are crossfades. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the only. I mean, there is. I don't the, understand there, why they couldn't crossfade that first well, one a bit. It's for. It's probably for very subtle reasons right. as to why you would do that. And that is maybe like when you when you fade crossfade, it's almost dreamlike and blurry. Maybe mm. you don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like when you hard cut, it's almost like a hard fact. Like, so maybe it's like the way it hard cuts, it's maybe it's more concrete and more proof of what uh, you're saying is true, or maybe not. Maybe not. But the, the, the editors and the filmmakers use those transitions for different reasons. Yeah, and I it's knew up there was a you, mechanical It's up thing. to you to interpret why they're there, and that's yeah. what I mean about how well structured and layered this film is. Yeah. Because there's lots of different ways to look at it. Because that's it, because we're like... we're At this point in the movie, the first time watching this movie, spoiler or not, there's just something about Matthew McConaughey's acting as this character that I'm just not 100% sure about. Well, it's now in these scenes with the car, which is also, you know, like on a shoestring budget. Yeah. Like, like uh, Bill Paxton was often asked, what, what, does, what does frailty mean to you? 
and he was like he listed a lot of things but he also listed the budget yeah <laughs> as to why this film was called frailty and so you know instead of having you know they didn't have a you know second unit to go and film cars driving through the the country or whatever yeah, so yeah. like we're going to do this on a soundstage We've got one car, and we're going to pretend we've got lights going past. We're going to pretend we've got the rain coming down. Oh, man. You know? and, and that was it. You know? And it's just, just two actors in a car on a soundstage. And the tension, the, the, the lighting, the way, the believability, the way they basically got a dude in the background with two flashlights to pretend it's a car in the background. Hell yeah, man. Like, all the tricks, all the money-making tricks that they could use. And this this sequence is amazing. And it, it does stitch together you know, the flashbacks when you cut back to these two and how fantastic these two actors are. Yeah. And uh, and, and what's great here, again, is, is, the, is the camera work and the power struggle where Powers Booth is, you know, he keeps getting caught off by Matthew McConaughey's questioning. Mm. You know, and, he, and it's the second time his mother gets referenced since the picture at the beginning. Yeah. Talked about his mother then. And, you know, the way the camera positions Matthew McConaughey is in the back seat behind the, you know, the the, the grating, behind the, the, you know, the he's imprisoned back yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But by the end of the sequence, the camera is in now in the back seat with him and, and he's no longer imprisoned and Powers Booth is now imprisoned on the other side. Ah. So you can literally move through the car and it's like a power play. Who's got the power here? Yeah. And the, again, the film language helps illustrate that. That's, that's what I really like about it. And again, just the simplistic set and it really works. Yeah. Like they 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 get to the, back to the rose garden. Like McConaughey's character said, "Look, I just don't want to talk anymore. You know, let's just drive. You want to turn up here," and they start making their way towards or through the rose garden. And Powers Booth is handcuffed, Fenton. He's got his gun handy. You know, he's taking all precautions he can. And there, he's talking. He's just like, "So what happened after your father died?" And and Fenton explains, "Look, you know, they um they separated us. They put us in two different orphanages. And I really hadn't heard much from my brother over the last few years until obviously I got this phone call. But we get the quick flashback as well of Fenton saying to Adam, like, if you ever come to destroy me, bury me in the rose garden. And Powers Booth, he's just like, well, that's a bit weird that you would say that to your, uh, you would say that to Adam for him to destroy you, and yet you buried him. And that's when McConaughey turns around and says, well, that always sort of comes down to the fact of if you're talking to Fenton or not. And you go, oh, no. <laughs> Which, they did the old switcheroo. In fairness, I kind of got on that because there well, was. You a, wicked it, you yeah, bastard. I, I know, but there was just a way. As the as the story went on, that I saw similarities between Adam Young to right. Matthew McConaughey yes. older. Yeah, you know, and there was just you like you saw the similarities a little bit. You only saw him briefly, but older Fenton and young Fenton. Now, I got a little bit confused that so Fenton, dead Fenton, was a serial killer. He became one after he had the visions in the basement. I'm guessing he got visions from somewhere else. Well, well, this was <laughs> it. Because we we come to realise that... So this is why I'm not... Yeah, I'm not entirely sure that Fenton got visions from God. He got a message to tell him to kill his dad to stop yeah. this. But I, th I also believe, like, the killings twisted his mind a bit. Like, it doesn't really go into much detail about how Fenton was killing people. He kept trophies, mm. bodies in their basement. All we know is that, like, Bill Paxton tells 
Adam that his brother is a demon. That's it, because we get the whisper. And, and, and that he was told to kill his son. You know, it was a test from God to kill his son, who yeah. is a demon. And he failed to do it and subsequently was killed himself yes. by his demon son. Yes. That's, that, that. He failed to do it and subsequently was killed himself yes. by his demon son. Yes, that's, that, that, that's it. And you, you get it as well that Adam... Adam couldn't kill his brother until his brother turned up on the list. Right. And we actually realised, just before the, the, the complete revelation about Powers Booth, we, we cut back to the kills and we cut back to the flashes. And so we see, like, the, the woman at the beginning, she murdered a guy in her bed. You know, the old man with the glasses, he killed children. He was a child murderer. I mean, we don't know what the biker guy did, but, like, oh, I'll just assume he was a dick, you know? And so they are killing demons, but not necessarily the demons that you'd imagine. Horns, red eyes, you know, pitchfork. We're talking just generally bad fucking people. The vision, like, to, and to see that, that fully made me believe that they, they were getting visions from God. Well, it could be like a shared, you know, psychotic break that they're both having. Um, but at the same time, it's just like, he sees the visions, dude. But at the same time, it's the person who's been narrating the entire film telling us this. And it's like, well, how much do we believe of everything that he said anyway? Well, because Adam touches the hand of Powers Think Booth. Yes. And has the flash image of Powers Booth killing his own mother. We don't know why. All we know is, is that... That Powers Booth turned out he was a villain. Oh, <laughs> surprise. <laughs> You know, we'd known at the beginning that she died a couple of days after that picture had been taken. We don't know why she was killed, but then he fucking stabs her. And I thought it was a bit over the top, like six or seven stabs, the blood Did splash, the blood the over the, the blankets, yeah. I'm like... <laughs> it was the red on white. I don't know, it was effective. I don't know, Powers Booth with blood on his face kind of fits, yeah, you yeah. know? But I was like, after everything else we'd seen, it was a bit over the top I, it, I, again it's another one of those things where Bill Paxton always said that like he intended you to watch this film a couple of times to yeah. see things that you might have missed and yeah. like going all the way back to the beginning when, when Matthew McConaughey and Powers Booth first meet and Powers Booth goes to shake his hand and he doesn't he gives the picture of his mother back yeah there's a sequence where he goes to usher him into the car doesn't he gives the picture of his mother back yeah there's a sequence where he goes to usher him into the car. And, and Matthew McConaughey's like, no, don't I can do touch it. me. Yeah. And so it's just literally, because you know, if he touches the person, he'll see the visions. And they'll now see it as well. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So the game would have been over right from the get-go. So again, it's just like all those details, all those things that you don't think mean anything, actually mean something. That's yeah. So it, good. It was great. And then now we have the payoff, the, the end of the film. Yeah, he, he nails Powers Booth in the face with an axe. I mean, we don't see it, but we can imagine that that's what's happened. Um, and then it cuts back to the next morning. The FBI agency is going mad because they don't know where the cop is. They, they know there was a visitor there last night. Witnesses even saw him, but they cannot remember what he looked like. The CCTV cameras are worthless. God himself is blinding these people from being able to see this. And so what was really quite sneaky was when the FBI agent, they go back to Fenton's house and they they find what appears to be a basement, bodies. They, they find what appears to be a basement, bodies, you know. Um, but they, they find Agent Doyle's badge. Know, badge, yeah. Yeah, so they immediately just assume that Fenton is the killer. He's the God Hands killer. He's been doing this for ages. So then when they go to the sheriff's station in this hometown, 
And we'd heard about the sheriff. And when the sheriff comes out and it's Matthew McConaughey, <laughs> it's Adam. And he, you know, he speaks to the FBI agent and the FBI agent, he kind of recognizes him, but he just carries on with the questioning. Like, have you ever heard, you know, heard from your brother? Do you know what's going on? But he just carries on with the questioning. Like, have you ever heard, you know, heard from your brother? Do you know what's going on? Blah, blah, blah. And they question him. Matthew McConaughey's like, no, man. I, <laughs> I know, man. I, I never heard. You know, Matthew McConaughey just talks like that. Well, <laughs> I mean, they're basically the three main actors in this film. They're all Texans. The whole <laughs> film's set in Texas. It's just like, yeah, it works. It works. I questioned if the receptionist was pregnant with Adam's baby. I oh, kind I, of, I questioned if the receptionist was pregnant with. Adam's baby. I've oh, absolutely! It, 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 it's setting up the 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 family business will continue. Yeah, you know, and and just to 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 solidify that, it's a, a weird Twilight Zone thing that Bill Paxton thought would be kind of fun is that the the two kids that played the younger versions yeah. go scooting past as the as the film fades to black. I, so you're just like, whoa! I heard the kids, <laughs> but I was too busy making notes. I was like, oh my god, I can hear all It's like it's going to go all the way around. But yeah, I mean, it was like it's like the axe that has Otis written on it. It's mm. like, is that the dad? name was this was this the dad's weapon before him and he didn't know about his dad having a mission from god is it like a passed down generation to generation why is the axe called otis i mean it has a real world explanation and it was bill paxton wanted to give some money to a homeless person who rejected the money and he was like how about i buy your name instead oh wow paid for the otis name to go on the axe yet other people have assumed (laughs) that otis means only the innocent survive. Wow. So it's just like, so, what does it mean? And, and Bill Paxton mainly was like, I wanted the axe to have a personality in the film. And, and, and it does. It kind of does. Because when you first see it, it's old and rusty. But towards the end of the film, it's shiny. It's clean. He's taking care of it. Yeah. And like you said, before the realization of the moments where we realized that Fenton is a demon or is supposed to be killed. There's a couple of moments where his dad has stood there with the axe looking like he might kill his son. Yeah. You know, and you don't know why he wants to do that. But when he says later on, like, you're you're a demon or your dad should have killed him, you're like, he was fighting that all the way through. Yeah, his son was probably on the list at some point. He could have been third on the list, but he just kept skipping past him. It was... Top yeah. Notch. So yeah, it was. It's a. It's a wholly satisfying conclusion to the film. Uh, I, you know, again, like the joke where he, like where, he's, where he turns out he is the sheriff. Yeah. You know, and 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 Agent Doyle in the car was just like, oh, you're so good at this. Maybe you should have been a cop. Yeah. It's just like, <laughs> well, he is. <laughs> well, uh, and he even has that shake hand with the agent at the end, yes. and he just holds on for it for a second. And he's just like, you're a good man, and it's like, you you got away there. You got yeah. away. Well, what were your favourite scenes from Frailty? Oh man, I I had a few. Like I loved the the night sequence with him waking waking them up. I I really expect I really surprisingly enjoyed. Like I said, from that moment where the camera was going back, you know, and the two of them are looking so hypnotically at Fenton, like join us, <laughs> join us, you know, to then go into the next morning and it to even play off like it was a dream like it didn't really happen he's he's been watching far too many movies but then the final line by bill paxton saying like don't tell anybody what we said and the kids realization like fuck it was real you know the finding of the axe like is, is that real did he really see light shining from god i believe so like i believe that the character of dad in this was delivering god's message 
you know, because like we said, the 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 editing, or the the story construction and and the editing of making you think that he's a complete psycho to that point where you see the flashes and you immediately i don't know about anybody else but i'm like yes kill them kill them with axes you know he's even like he gives them respectful burials like the the angel has told him that the bodies have to be buried in a certain way we don't know why or how you know but they have to be like that and they don't do the same with the police officer or the or the dad when they bury them you know because they weren't killed in god's way but the 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 killing with the axe at the end you know of, of um of, of bill paxton that was that was harsh you know i i find it difficult to watch bill paxton die i gotta admit um but it was even it was made even worse by the reaction of adam you know and how he's talking to his dad and then his dad's final words that we don't hear yeah but we know and his dad's final words that we don't hear yeah but we know later on that it's he's a demon you have to kill him fenton's view you know like they get that edward march character and fenton he 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 doesn't believe and so you don't you you don't believe the dad you right. know but you also can't help yourself because you've seen all this gathering evidence that this is this is true, but the actor, the young actor playing Fenton, especially when he gets locked in the basement, you know, and he says like, "I broke my mind, broke. I, I became insane." And you see that head shot go all the way back. I loved that when he was pouring the water through. I thought Bill, I, I I'll go on a limb and say I thought Bill Paxton's uh, camera work and editing, even his direction was was on point with this movie. You know, taking into account that this guy had worked on films a lot with a lot of outstanding directors that to not pick up some notes to not pick up your own information and then stick it in you know he shone so much better than some other shitty directors out there <laughs> any scenes gary yeah i mean you mentioned uh the, the most of them i love the 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 first introduction with powers booth and matthew mcconaughey i really wished that uh, Bill Paxton could have had on screen time with these two as well. Mm. Um, that would have been really amazing. Uh, but uh, like that, the opening sequence I thought was really good. Really just gets you in the mood for the film that's that's to follow. Uh, the the sequence where he does get the axe, the like the barn, like this barren landscape. Mm. Uh, really thought that was very effective. Uh, the sequence where he's telling the kids for the first time about the vision, the plan, the dream, the demons and what they're going to be doing, the list. And of course, like all of the killings were done in a fairly artistic, in a minimalistic way as yeah, well. They were. It was still enough to have people walk out of the theater. <laughs> like Bill Paxton said in the premiere, he counted 25 people walking out because they were horrified of the religious implications, the, the, the torture and murder of this innocent woman, you know, uh, all, all of those things. So I, I, you know, and I, I'm pretty sure Bill Paxton and, and the crew were proud yeah. because what they accomplished moved people right out of the theater <laughs> uh but there's, there's so many great scenes the acting is fantastic um so yeah there's 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 no real for me there's no real standout scene maybe maybe the car ride mm, and, yeah. and, and and you know just how how effective the filmmaking is and their performance and the power play as it transitions from one to the other probably that that sequence i would say well ian do you recommend frailty 
I really do. Um, thinking back now, like I said, I, the only the only point of the movie I, I wasn't too sure on was that first flashback. But it's so quick. You And the rest of the movie just kind of overshadows it. It just sets you right up. Um, Matthew McConaughey is fucking amazing. Like, the more of his stuff that I watch from the past, you know, things that you didn't think he was... He was able to build his career on you know you look at him now he's amazing you look at him then he was amazing he just had to be put into things that people had to see him going up against powers booth you know like gary said you really think that powers booth is the one in control of all the power fuck that matthew mcconaughey is calm calculated and he's in control and you don't even realize it Bill Paxton was just amazing, beautiful in this movie. And the fact that he directed it himself, you know, the fact that he would be saying to the actors off, off camera, like, I need you to do this, I need you to do that. And probably listen to their input as well about, well, can I do this and can we do that? You know, his relationship with the two boys and just watching that go up and down, it's just... You can believe what you want to believe with this movie. Like Gary said, it's got so many multi-levels that I'm sure there's people out there who go, nah, it was all fake. But that's just how good the movie is that it will just keep you talking after. Oh, hell yeah. This is a real easy recommendation from me. Oh, hell yeah. This is a real easy recommendation from me. It's a must-watch. It's such a good film that it deserves to be seen by... It's a must-watch. It's such a good film that it deserves to be seen by more than have. Bill Paxton was a fantastic character actor, always memorable in 